Father, we've come into this house and gathered in your name to worship you. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, We have received Christ Jesus as Lord, and we want to live in him. We want to be rooted in Christ. We want to be built up in Christ. We want to be strengthened in the faith, and we want to overflow with thanksgiving. And so this morning we come into your house ready to receive what you will say to us by the Spirit, ready to lift our voices and our spirits to you in worship, ready to offer a sacrifice of praise. We are glad to be in your house today. Lord, we realize that we live in a very broken world. Even our own lives are broken in many ways, and we need you. We need your help in our lives. Lord, we particularly pray for those who are uh, trapped in the mine, if they're still living, that they might continue. We pray for grace to their families. We pray for help to the rescuers. We ask for your uh, spirit to be present in that situation, and particularly those who know you. That may they be a bright, encouraging light to offer compassion and mercy and consolation to those there. Lord, we dare to have the courage to pray for strength in our world and for peace. We pray for strength to our leaders, that they might have the courage to do what's right, to seek peace and to pursue it. We pray, God, even though it seems impossible for things to improve in Iraq, that they would, that there would be peace and that the troops could come home. We pray, Lord, for Gaza. We pray especially for Hanam Assad today and your blessing upon him as he preaches your word. We pray for the light of the Baptist church there to shine brightly and for you to to safely protect he and his family and, and all that great area. Lord, again, it's good to be in your house, and we lift this day up as our act of worship to you. Speak, we will listen, we will respond, and we say this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. I'd like you to find this note page in your worship folder. And I'd like you to think with me about what you have worn. What you have worn. If I could come to your house, and if I could go to you, uh, with you to your bedroom, and if we could open the closet door, and if I could just at liberty begin pulling things out of the closet and talking to you about them, then you might go back in time with me and be thinking about what you have worn. Right? Would you like me to do that? Uh, maybe not. Uh, <clears throat> I was, as I was thinking about uh, Becky's problem and what she's going to wear to Mexico, it took me back in time, and I was thinking about various clothes I have worn, and one of my most favorite outfits of all time, and I, I would have worn it today if I still had it, but unfortunately, actually, maybe fortunately, I have cleaned out my closet. But uh, do you remember leisure suits? I had the best leisure suit in town. It was brown, you know, brown pants and a brown coat. And uh, for those of you who are too young to remember leisure suits, the leisure suit was made out of plastic. I mean, uh, what was it made out of? Polyester. Plastic, polyester, about the same thing. Mine had these great big threads. And after you wore it a few times, when it snagged, you know where I'm going? Yeah, it would just, you know, these snags are hanging off this thing. But I love that leisure suit. It fit great. And I also had a shirt to go with it because I had this long sleeve brown shirt. You would have loved it, Ted, because it had big orange flowers on it. And so I loved to put on that shirt and put on my jacket over it and my leisure suit pants, and I looked great back then. Now, I would like for you to think with me about some of the clothes you have worn in the past. Some of the things that you used to wear. 
And as you think about that, I'm sure you will have some uh, interesting moments. Or, if you can't remember what you used to wear, just think about what's in your closet that you could pull out that perhaps you no longer would be caught dead wearing, or you couldn't get into if you wanted to. We won't go there. Uh, But think with me about clothes you have worn. And as you're thinking about clothes you have worn, I would like you to listen to the Word of God. Now, pay a special... uh, pick your ear up to catch up some special phrases, because you're going to hear words like put to death, get rid of, strip off, do not... So, listen with me, would you? Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to each other, seeing that you have been stripped of the old self with its practices. Did you hear it? Did you catch the violence of that opening word? Put to death, therefore. Wow. Now, in this translation, it says one thing. Some of you are reading Bibles. It says, put to death your earthly members. And you may be thinking, wow, uh, you know, the Bible said if your hand offends you, cut it off. And first of all, as we talked this morning, you have to be smart enough to understand that uh, sometimes we take the Bible figuratively or metaphorically, and sometimes we take it literally. Your body is a temple of the Lord. You should not maim your body. We know that, right? I'm not getting a positive feedback here. Uh, so, when the Bible says, put to death, therefore, members of your body, it's not talking about if, if you had problems stealing stuff this week that you chop off your hands so you couldn't steal. Actually, that wouldn't stop you. You'd figure out a way to do it without your hands. So, you understand that as we go along. And as we talk today about... Uh, this language of clothing, there are some clothes you have worn that you shouldn't wear anymore. Do you know that? There are some clothes that you ought to put to death or to strip off or to get rid of. Now, also, as you read this passage, someone has said that, um, someone has said that as you uh, instinctively, if, if I were to throw you a ball and you catch that ball, uh, you would do that spontaneously. It would be What's the word for that? It would be a reflex action. It would be intuitive. Intuitive. If uh, you see a little child fall down, you intuitively want to pick them up and help them. We intuitively do lots of things. We don't stop to think, is this right or wrong, good or bad. We just know that we should do it, and we do it. That's your intuition. We're looking at some scriptures today where the scripture says, in your uh, former life, or in your closet, you used to wear these kinds of clothes, and then it goes on to tell us to do some things. We'll get to that, but what we're going to be talking about right now is counterintuitive. That is to say, if I throw you a ball, but I'm teaching you, I don't want you to catch it, keep your hands down, that's counterintuitive, right? You want to put your hands up and catch it. If I step up and I'm about to slap you, you, what are you going to do? You're going to defend yourself or slap me back or something? But if I say you can't do that... That's counterintuitive. So what we're about to look at is not intuitive, it's counterintuitive. In other words, 
this happens not all the time because I'm learning. I, I'm a slow learner, but I'm learning. But it's not unlike me to pull some clothes out of my closet and put them on. And, you know, I'm around the house. Nobody cares. But when I get to go outside, Joyce says what? Huh? Bill knows. What did she say? Change your clothes. Or what else does she say? What, Bunny? Yeah, oh, she doesn't use the word can't. She, she puts in the question, and, you know, you better be, yeah. Are you going outside like that? Which the answer is what? Well, of course not. I was just getting ready to change. But thanks for the help. Now, there are some clothes which I have no problem wearing. I don't care if you see me wearing them. You know, it just sounds good, but it's really not a good idea. I sort of need help. It's intuitive for me to wear them, but I need to do the counterintuitive thing and not wear them. Now, let's look at the list that we find in Scripture uh, this morning. And I want you to uh, fill in the blanks here because you are to strip away certain clothes. And the first, the first list is this. Strip away, the scripture says, sexual sins. Strip away sexual sins. I'm looking at verse 5. Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever is your earthly, whatever in you is earthly. The first word, he says, is fornication. That is to say, sensual immorality, such as adultery or prostitution. Strip that away from your life. He says, passion or lust, strip that away from your life. You may formerly have hung out in strip clubs and looked at pornography, and that just, you intuitively did that. Now you're going to what? Put it to death, get rid of it, strip it away. What other sexual sins? Well, he talks about evil desires and greed. Uh, One writer said, she said that this whole list here is actually... Stop doing or seeking things that don't belong to you. I like that. Stop seeking stuff that does not belong to you. Strip away from your life. Don't wear these sexual sins. What else? He says, stop seeking um, what does not belong to you. The other thing is to strip away speech sins. Verses 8 and 9. Speech sins. Now, what might they be? Anger, wrath, malice slander and abusive language from your mouth. Strip those away. In other words, as I live my life, there again are some clothes I should not be wearing. I should strip them away. Last Sunday, I encouraged you to memorize uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. I said those would be good verses to memorize, and since I try to practice what I preach, I've been working on that. And in that scripture, Paul says, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to live in Him, rooted, remember we talked last week about that, and built up in Him, encouraged or strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thanksgiving. Now, I want to go back to that word built up and think about your mouth. If you strip away malice, greed, anger, abusive language from your mouth, if you strip that away, then you're going to be a person who, when you speak, you are able to build people up. But remember, with your mouth, uh, you can't tear somebody else down and be building yourself up at the same time. And so if we're going to be people who build ourselves and others up, we're going to take heed and strip away this kind of language, strip away sinful language. 
And one other thing, he talks in other verses 5, 7, 10, and 11, he talks about stripping away the old self or your sinful self. Now, that's really where Paul wraps all of this up. You can put in all sorts of words. This, again, this list is a starter list. It's, you could add a lot to it. And as Paul writes this letter, he's saying to us, you know, you had an old life. You've got a closet. It's filled with stuff you used to wear. Okay. But you need to pull those out and not give them to the goodwill, just burn them. Nobody should be seen wearing that stuff. So don't give it away. It's junk. Burn it. Put it to death. Bury it. Strip it away. Take it off. Get rid of some stuff. So uh, Paul is challenging us to strip these things away. Now, I have a key question that I've listed for you here. and uh, Or maybe I didn't. I don't see it on the notes. But here's the key question. My question to you this morning is, what is it you need to strip away, to strip off? What is it that's in your closet and you need to pull it out and say, look, I'm not going to wear this anymore. I'm not going to give it the goodwill because nobody should wear it. I'm going to bury it. It's going in the trash. What is it this morning that the Spirit of God is saying to you in your life as you look at this list that you need to get rid of or put away? Now, we talked a bit about what you have worn I want to talk a bit about what you might possibly wear. Maybe there's some stuff in your closet that's good, you want to keep it. Maybe there's some things that you want to wear that are good. And before we move into that, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, this is a little bit, I'm a little nervous about this, but I've decided to do it. And that is, as you grew up, hopefully somebody in your life talked to you about fashion or about what's appropriate to wear or inappropriate to wear, or about style, this is a good style, that's a bad style. And so I'm going to ask you, growing up, did anybody say to you, your mom, your grandma, somebody, did anybody say to you, you know, this is what you should wear, this always works, or this is what you shouldn't wear? Now, I'm going to risk a little bit, mom's here, but my mom has always been a great lady who knows what's in and what's out, and she knows how to, you know, get put together. So uh, she's a great resource, and she taught me growing up, and I've forgotten a lot of the fashion clues, but one I remembered was not to wear stripes and plaids together. Now, that's, isn't that what you said, Mom? I think so. Don't, and so I don't have any plaid pants today, and uh, wearing stripes or checkers with them, something like that. Now, if you've got something like that on, that's fine, but that's just, when I grew up, that's, uh, that's one thing I was told not to wear. Now, any other fashion tips that you grew up and somebody just said, here's what you do or don't do? Uh Uh-huh. Baptist. Don't know how to dress. Carol. Thank you. She was told not to wear red and pink. Okay, great. What else? Sandals with socks? Yeah. And especially white socks, huh? Yeah, that's okay if you got that on. Don't worry, you're fine. Uh, no white shoes after Labor Day. Oh, no white shoes after Labor Day. Anybody else ever hear that? Sorry, I had never. Um, great. Okay. Now I got black shoes on. It's not Labor Day. We're good. Um, what else? Not before Memorial Day. Okay, between Labor Day and we're getting a little more detailed here. Write this down, folks. Good stuff. You don't want to have a. Fashion miscue. What else? Anybody over here know how to dress? I mean, that's not what I want. Anybody else hear some 
fashion tips? No. Keep listening. Nothing too short or too tight. <laughs> okay, good. Christian? No baggy pants. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. Dr. Mack? Wear a hat because of the sun. Okay, another one. Good. You, you, you get the idea. Um, now, actually, the Scripture also talks about things we could wear, what we might be able to put on. Now, I went on the website for Vogue magazine uh, this past week, quite interesting reading, and uh, I wanted to let you know that in the fall, as we come into the fall, uh, black and white has really been popular. If you're wearing black or white, you're in good shape, right? Three of you said yes, um, and the rest of you just don't care. Uh, well, black and white is sort of moving over to gray. The new color is gray in the fall. And so if you want to move into the fall, and the, we've got a lady on the front row. She's, is that gray or blue? Anyhow, it looks, anyhow, gray is the new color. So if you really want to know about fashions, you can go on Vogue's website and look it up, or you can look at GQ magazine. You can find out what they're saying about fashions. But there is another place to look to learn how to dress correctly. So let's listen to what we might be able to wear or what you could wear if you so chose. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Now my guess is, as is true in most areas of life, uh, in some ways you know how to dress and probably in some ways you need some help. And so it's probably true that you already have some really good stuff to wear, and you wear it proudly, as you should. You look good when you wear it. Let's look at this list in a little more detail. And as you find your list here and look over those scriptures about what you could wear if you so chose, uh, there's quite a list there. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, uh, forgiveness, peace, and you could add to the list. It's not exhaustive. You could add to the list. I want you to do two things. I want you to look at that list, those words I've read, and I want you to be thinking about, okay, and I've really prayed all week long that the Spirit of God would speak to you right now and help you in this decision. I want you to look at the list and say, that's a strength for me. And so you put an S by that word. For For example, if you're a very patient person, you'd say, you know, I really do have great patience. Put an S by that. That's a strength for you. Or maybe you're very compassionate or you're humble. Of course, I don't know if you're humble. Can you put an S there? I think you can. Um, So look at that list and decide right now. Say, you know, I'm wearing these clothes right now. I have already put on patience. I've already put on kindness. I wear that every day. And write down. You can put more than one S. So you're going to put down an S where you think that's a strength. This past week, I went to visit a church member in the hospital And uh, as we arrived there and went into her room, she was in uh, rehab therapy to uh, strengthen her leg. As we went in there, lo and behold, there were two church members already there, Natalie and Irma, 
were already there visiting with her, and they were laughing and carrying on, and they had been doing some errands for this person. Well, I would say if those folks were here today, they would want to write down there maybe the gift of mercy. That's a, they're, they're already wearing those clothes, or hospitality, or kindness, whatever you want to call it. They're already, that's a strength. They're already doing that. That's great. Now, there are probably some um, clothes you yet need to put on, right? And so if you still need to put some of these clothes on, just put an end down by that. For example, back to patience. Maybe actually patience is not a strength when somebody cuts you off on the highway. You're not so excited about that, and you really don't say, oh, God bless you, come on over, I don't care. Uh, so then maybe that's a need. You need to exercise patience, so you put an end down. So just be looking over the list. Say, God, would you help me here? Uh, note my strengths, because you're clothed with some good clothes. And then help me to also note my weaknesses. Now, I said earlier, we were at the leadership summit, and the worship leader yesterday was Franklin Grant, uh, Kirk Franklin. Thank you, getting the wrong Franklin. Kirk Franklin, he's a gospel singer, a great gospel singer. Lord, does he have energy. I think he's the prince of gospel. Uh, Just did a great job. He made me a little nervous. While he was leading worship, and we were all singing, there were 7,000 people there at Willow and then all these satellite sites around the country. While he was leading worship, he said, you know, I just got back from Mexico. I think he'd flown all night to be there or something. He said, I was on a trip with my wife. We were on vacation there, a little rest. And he said, my wife is so pretty. I just love my wife. She's so pretty. And he got to talking about how pretty his wife was, which is great, but should you love your wife just because she's pretty? Eh, you know, that's not the highest goal, probably. So as he talked about that, I was thinking, boy, this yeah, I'm just a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's me, I don't know. But he kept going on and on about how he loved his wife and they had a great time. She's so pretty. And then he said, he said, you know what pretty is, don't you? And I thought, hmm. And he said, you know, when you are living as the Bible says you should live, that's pretty. When your life aligns itself with Scripture, that's pretty. And I thought, ah, that worked for this morning. As you look over this list from Colossians chapter 3, these verses here, 12 through 15, as you look at this list of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, uh, forgiveness, peace, these virtues, as you look at that, the more your life is in alignment with those clothes, the more you put on those clothes, the prettier you are. Can I say that? The better looking you are as you're clothed with these things. And as you begin to put on all these things, you look fantastic. You're a beautiful person. Is that true? I think it is. You become very pretty, beautiful, handsome. You choose the word. As you put on these clothes. So I want to encourage you again, and we come down to the key teaching or question here. There are clothes that never go out of style. There are some fashions and some clothes that just never go out of style. Why not wear them? Why not put them on? What will you choose to put on? So, as you look over your clothes, uh, it's possible you've had a wardrobe malfunction. And it's possible that this morning, by the power of God, you need to say, Lord, things are not as they should be. I've been running around in this stuff. And I've stripped it all away now. When you strip it all away, what ends up? You're naked. I'll say it. If you get rid of all the stuff, you're naked. Well, you're not supposed to run around naked, so you put on these clothes that we've just talked about. And this morning, uh, have you had a malfunction in your wardrobe? 
Do you realize now, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. I've been walking around in clothes. I didn't even realize this was out of style, but it is. And so now the pastor has gently taken you aside, and he's helped you understand, look, you're way out of fashion. You're out of style. You're sort of an embarrassment to yourself. Why don't you change your clothes and go back out there and be beautiful, be wonderful, look great, put on some of these clothes. So the question that I want to wrap up with is, what are you going to wear tomorrow? I'm not so concerned about what you came in wearing. I'm really not so concerned about what you've worn in the past. The real question is, what are you going to wear tomorrow? Let's listen again. So you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This passage of scriptures, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, is such a rich passage. And it begins by saying, set your affections on things above. It's, it's, we've just ended chapter 2 where he's talked about uh, the things we've put off, the things we uh, don't need to be doing about the asceticism and all and how this bodily discipline, all this stuff is really not going to be the end result for us. It's not going to gain what we want. How are we going to get to where we need to be? How do we know how to dress right, to put it in today's language? Well, you look up. What do you look up to? You look up to Christ. Set your affection on things above. Set your mind on things above. Now, this morning, uh, one last survey. Um, yeah, just do it. How many of you, uh, and if, if you don't go to work tomorrow, then uh, don't answer, you know, answer the question for the next day you go to work. But how many of you tonight, assuming you're going to work tomorrow, or whenever you go to work, how many the night before you go to work, Put out your clothes. Thank you, Mike. I feel better. Two ladies here, two over here. Wow. Just a thought. Um, you know, some of you, my kids, when they were growing up, uh, when they turned to high school age, Joyce said, I don't do your laundry anymore. You have to do your own laundry. Now, that has good news, bad news deal. Uh, the bad news deal, we raised three boys. The bad news was that when our kids got up in the morning, there's a big pile of clothes on the floor. And what do they do when uh, they run out of clothes? You turn it over and you start all over again. You know, that's what you do. And it got so bad, I just said, shut the door, honey. Just shut the door. Don't look in there. But uh, you may have that system. I don't know. But just a thought. You know, some of you get up in the morning, you don't know what to put on, you're running late, and you're always... I mean, it's not a bad idea to just think before you go to bed at night, say, you know, here's what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I, I did it last night. If I don't know, that's a good time to ask Joyce, you know, does gray work with gray? Um, it does. So anyhow, you, you might think about that. Now, this morning, as I talk to you, what I really am, I really am concerned about what you're going to wear tomorrow. And I think today's the day to decide. Right now is the time to decide. One of the great interviews we saw at the Leadership Summit was General Colin Powell. Bill Hybels flew to somewhere back east and interviewed General Powell. And he's got a new book out. I'm going to buy the book and read it. But it was a terrific interview, just as just a sidebar. What do you think General Powell, the, the, he had the highest military office in the land, what do you think he does for, for a hobby or for recreation just to, to unwind when he's you know, fighting wars? Choo-choo trains. It's a good guess. He likes to repair old Volvo cars. 
And he said, my wife is nuts because somebody will knock on our door and they'll say, she'll answer the door and she'll say, you know, is Colin here? I need a starter for a 1969 Volvo. Yeah, he's not here. He's out in the garage. Good. Don't bother me. Can you imagine? There, this guy, he works on old cars. Anyhow, that's not the point. He was sharing about how he grew up. And he said, you know, I grew up, my mom and dad were, uh, we grew up in New York City. My mom and dad worked for minimum wage all their life. We were, we were not a, a wealthy family. But he said, you know, my parents gave me two things. And one was expectations. And he talked a bit about that. And he said, you know, as I grew up, it was expected all of us children would go to college. He said, it wasn't an option. I didn't want to go to college. It was just an expectation. And so I didn't get to talk to anybody about that. It's just you're going to go to college. And he said, I am so thankful my parents had expectations of me. And he said, the, the second thing that my parents gave me was a sense of shame. Hmm. And he went on in a funny way that I can't really recreate, but he said, you know, when we would be out in the neighborhood there in New York City in the Bronx, and when we would do something wrong and get in trouble, he said, I just wish my dad would have beat me. Give me a spanking. But don't make me feel so ashamed. He said, I, there was nothing worse in our family than shaming the family to do something out in the community that then shames your parents and your siblings and the rest of your family. And he said, so I'm thankful that I grew up with a sense of shame. Now, let me tell you something this morning. If you are a Christ follower, if you have confessed Christ Jesus as Lord, there are expectations for how you dress. You don't have to like it, but it's true. There are expectations for what you wear. It's really not optional anymore. And so the Scripture says to put off, strip away, get rid of the old clothes and put on the new clothes, and you'll be beautiful wearing them. So there are expectations, and there is also a sense of shame. And I want to challenge you this morning. Don't you dare go outside and shame the family. Christ Jesus died so that you could be in the family. He has told you what to put on, how to dress yourself. So don't you dare go out there today and shame the family of God. Do you hear me? Isn't the Scripture great about telling us what to put on? Now, the last thing I want to say, the last part of this section, it says, whatever you do, in word or deed, that's a big word, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. Now, I was thinking about that, and I want to wrap up with this. Uh, that's a big statement, whatever you do, but it's a helpful statement. So I think it says this. Lord Jesus, uh, as you go out today, you could think about, okay, I'm not going to shame the family. I'm going to put on the right clothes. I'm going to be beautiful. That's what I hope you decide. Or... If you're really tempted to wear some old clothes, you might think of it this way. Lord Jesus, would you like to go out there and uh, when this guy cuts me off on the way home or somebody crowds in line in front of me and I can't exercise patience, Lord Jesus, in your name, I'm going to get angry with that person. Try it. Or if you are tempted with sexual sins, just say, Lord Jesus, would you like to watch some pornography today? Try it. Or you might say, Lord Jesus, um, how about... Uh, Let's tear somebody up with our tongues today. Let's just rip them to shreds. Help me, Lord Jesus. Or you might say, Lord Jesus, in your name, I'm going to be greedy today. Just try it. Or, if you don't like that suggestion, you might say, Lord Jesus, today I'm going to put on patience. Lord Jesus Christ, today I'm going to put on kindness or mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, in your name today, I'm going to put on peace in this very violent situation. 
It, it's up to you what you want to wear. You're going to decide what you put on. I want to encourage you today uh, to put on the clothes that we've been talking about. Now, one last time, as you look at this worship folder, I'd like for you to look at the back page, and it says, Choose Your Clothes for Tomorrow. And I've listed eight things there that come out of our text today. You could write in a lot of other things here. There are many things that Christ tells us to put on. The gift of mercy could be put there. The gift of hospitality helps. Uh, all sorts of virtues. But I'd like you to look at that list as we wrap up this morning. And I want you to think of back to, you said, here are some strengths, here are some clothes I already wear, here's some needs, some things I need to put on. What I want you to do right now, and I'm going to give you a moment to do it, a moment of quietness, I want you to look at that list. And I want you to simply put a little bullet prayer to God and say, God, help me now. Look at that list and, and pick out the best clothes. One item that you would say, this is what I do best. This is the thing I most wear. I look the best in it. And I really, this is a strength for me. Uh, maybe it's uh, peace. Maybe you're a real peacemaker. I want you to check one of those that you would say, this really is my greatest strength on this list. Or perhaps you want to fill in your own word. So just a moment of quietness as you respond to the Lord and check one of those. I want to encourage you to check one of those. Got it checked or you need more time? Do you side one of your strengths? Good. Now, here's what I want you to do. We're going to do a couple things. I'm going to ask you to, I'll uh, explain it and then we'll do it. I'm going to ask you to stand up in just a moment. And we haven't greeted each other. So before you uh, leave today, I'm going to ask you to greet each other. And then I want you to, where you stand, don't be wandering in the aisle. Just turn around and get in groups of two or three, no more than three, and greet each other, say hi. And then I want you to share your strength. This is where the Lord has blessed me. I'm going to wear love this week. And tell the person why that's a strength for you. So you, you understand, I hope, what we're going to do. I might say to Joyce, uh, Joyce, the Lord's really given me some peace this week. In spite of uh, some turmoil that I see, waves around me, uh, God's been able to speak peace into my life. And so I think that's been a strength. And so that, that's how you'll share. So stand up in twos or threes, greet each other, and share a moment. We'll give you time to do that. to hear your voices. It's great to feel the fellowship going on. As we wrap up today in the house of the Lord, I want to break in for just a moment, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to continue again in just a moment. But let me go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to seal these decisions upon our heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to gather in your name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement of it. And Lord, 
uh, we want to be very quick to say that we've often gone out dressed in old clothes. We've uh, put on things because they feel good. We're used to it. It seems right for us. We've worn it so long we hardly know how to take it off. Lord God, would you in this moment, uh, by your power, we want to strip away. We want to put aside those old clothes. Help us. Anger, greed, a gossiping tongue, lust. Maybe it's some addiction, Lord, that has had its hand around our neck. We want to strip it away. And we're going to do what we need to do to accomplish that, whether it's to see a counselor or to join a group or to get some kind of help, Lord. We're determined to strip away those things which are killing us. And we're determined also to put on Christ. So help us, Lord, as we've chosen this one thing, to go out and live as the most beautiful person in the world with this strength. Thank you for giving it to us. We bless your name. And as we break, I want to remind you we have the fellowship hour. Meet two or three people you don't know. Grab a cup of coffee. And as the Lord, as you go forth, the Lord goes with you. And he will give you the power to put on these clothes. Kindness, gentleness, humility, patience, forgiveness, peace. As you go forth, go forth with that power of Christ, ready to wear the new clothes Christ has given you. Amen.